0: audio listeners and those listening to us in internet land and welcome back to another episode of red harvest a deadlands noir actual play podcast thank you for coming back to listen to another episode as always i am your marshal mikey you can find me on all the social medias my personal social medias on the tiktok instagrams and twitchers at pop culture geek and you can also follow us at the D&D Vibe Tribe Production on same social media sites. Uh, it is a beautiful thing to finally announce that I has social media for all this. It's, it's, it's going to be great. But yes, if you are unaware of who we are, D&D Vibe Tribe Productions is a multi-person, semi-company... Literally, it's just a bunch of friends who got tired of their games being canceled. So we just decided to record and do our own is essentially what happened. But. We have a plethora of actual play podcasts to satiate everybody's needs. Are you looking for more wacky wrestling hijinks? We have that. Do you like traditional D&D? We also got that. Do you love the world of fictional Japan? We also have an actual play podcast for that, as well as many other projects. Count them, ladies and gentlemen, there are a total of 10 projects that we got going on. It's ridiculous and crazy, but enough about me. I cannot do this game without my amazing cast. And so we're going to go around real quick and we're going to do some introductions. They'll introduce themselves, plug any projects they got going on and also tell us who they are playing for this game. So. We are going to go, edBD bitty mo, where you are going to start with the lovely Kiltman.
1: Kiltman. Hello, everyone. I am Kiltman 42, also known as Kiltman. And that's basically it.
0: <coughs> we love it. And who are you playing tonight, sir?
1: Oh, I forgot about that part. Uh, I am a, our favorite bootlegger. Bootlegger 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 I can't What's say the awesome. word anymore. Uh mute yourself. Um Thank you. Uh I just lost my train of thought.
0: <laughs> you were saying you're uh, everyone's favorite bootlegger?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm everyone's favorite bootlegger. <laughs> I am Gary the Goblin. Make sure you pay ahead Cause uh my shit ain't cheap. All free.
0: He is the Harvey Firestein of this game and we love it.
1: I know, right? It's such a sexy voice. I need to get something to drink because my throat's going to (laughs) hurt. Give me a lozenge! (laughs) Oh, Jesus.
0: Alrighty, with that lovely introduction out of the way, the next person that is going to make their introduction is the one and only Joshua. Yes, no, maybe so.
2: Hey everybody. It's it's, uh, it's me again. Josh aka...
3: Huh? Oh, no. His frame went wa- his frame rate went full potato. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> and there it is.
2: <laughs> Back now.
0: Your phone decided to not cooperate with you. That's fine.
3: (laughs) Sometimes it helps to just have the camera off if you're doing it from mobile.
0: Yeah. At least for now. (laughs) All right, say something to me, Josh. Are you there?
2: And I think my camera is stuck up oh, there. You guys don't want to see my face. I am here. You guys don't want to see my any face. Anywho, but uh, anyways, uh, everybody listening, I am Josh, aka MG Preacher on TikTok. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at MG Preacher Mark Two. Um, tonight I will be playing everyone's uh, favorite private investigator. Sergeant Christopher Remington.
0: Lovely. And do you have any projects to plug, good sir? Me, personally, I do not have any projects. But
2: of all people, my very lovable mother happens to have her own YouTube channel. So, uh, and actually, she is with us this evening. So, Ma, would you like to uh, plug in your YouTube channel? Follow me at NGA Family Adventures
0: and see what kind of adventures and shenanigans I can get Josh into without feeding into the gators.
2: You know me, Ma. I will jump headfirst into that pool.
0: <laughs> Damn, yeah, it's like serious.
2: Said, what kind of shenanigans we can get up to?
0: Damn, it's serious out here. We love it. But thank you, Skid, sir. And of course, our last player to join us for this evening. The one, the only Tanner.
3: Hello, everybody. I am Tanner, also known as Grisquatch, uh, on all my other socials. Um, You can find me on TikTok uh, under the handle of Grisquatch or I am Tanner. And I am also with the Cantrip cast uh, over on their Twitch and as well over on their YouTube. With secrets of Alteran, and that campaign, it's a and D campaign that airs every Friday on Twitch at nine thirty p.m. Eastern time. Um, and will be the vods are get uploaded to YouTube every Sunday, the following Sunday at approximately one p.m. If Brandon remembers to upload them at that time. Oh, also we, uh, the Cantrip Cast, uh, also brought me on to do. Um, to help them co-write their next Kickstarter book, which is Benji's Guide to Rintuki Island, I got to write the magic items for that book, and the Kickstarter for it is out now, and the link to it is actually in my TikTok uh, profile. Oh, and today I'll be playing, <laughs> and today I'm playing Hank Skinner, the police detective. How did I'm mad that I didn't already follow this on
0: Kickstarter, and there we go. <laughs> My wallet's gonna be bad, but I don't care. <laughs> Support the homies. That's what we do here at DD Vibe Drive. But yes, unfortunately we are down one player tonight. Our lovely Grifter Miles, aka JC Vanguard on TikTok. Go follow him. If you so do. He is unfortunately going to be missing out, but never fear. He will be back next episode. All right, ladies and germs, with introductions out of the way, let us begin tonight's session. To begin, we are going to recap what happened last time because hmm, relatively not much actually happened, but it also a lot kind of did happen. But let's get into this recap. So we began last episode with our private investigator meeting with one Talia Spinner, a lovely woman in her mid thirties who wants to hire our private investigator to see if her husband is cheating on her. And in order to do so, Mrs. Spinner has decided to give our PI a invitation to Madame Delphine's Summer Ball, where Mr. Spinner will be attending. From there, we also got an introduction to our bootlegger and our police officer as they found each other at the old absinthe house, which is Gary's work of, you know, business and all that stuff. After a brief conversation, Gary's little errand boy, Jack O'Reilly, comes in, not only telling Gary that he is set to be Madame Delphine's primary source of liquor for her party, but Chief Oxford at the police station wanted to uh, have Jack let Hank know that he has security duty that night. We also got a little preview of Miles doing his magic tricks on the street where he was approached by Conrad, Madame Delphine's butler, and after a brief exchange of words, decided to hire Miles to be the main source of entertainment for the ball. As nighttime converged over the city of New Orleans, the party became in full swing as our four characters exchanged a little bit of banter back and forth between each other. Miles performed his magic tricks and it went well. In addition to that, a female figure happened to bump into Hank and yanked his car keys. (laughs) So that was not a good thing, especially since the car belongs to Hank's brother. And if he got it destroyed, it would not have been it will not end well. In addition to all this, our private investigator, Chris, tried to be stealthily as he was spying on Mr. Spinner, and unfortunately, it was not paying attention to the waiter that was uh, in his path and ended up getting booze all over him and blowing his cover. But fear not, as any good private investigator does, you chase down your leads until the very end. So. Chris ended up following Mr. Spinner inside where he was introduced to Mr. Bordeaux, who, along with Mr. Spinner, wanted to hire Chris to find a missing woman by the name of Fabiana, who was supposed to be the singing entertainment, but has not been seen for a few days, according to Mr. Bordeaux. Concurrently, after Chris shared this information with the rest of the party, Hank made the realization once he saw the photo that this was the same woman who yoinked his car keys. So the party decided with the help of Conrad lending them a car to go to the Cat's Cradle, a local night club in New Orleans. Upon arriving at the Cat's Cradle, they were surprised to find that it was occupied past hours And once they got inside, they found not only the person responsible for yanking Hank's keys, Fabiana, but they were also met with a very interesting sight. The one, the only, Lily Brossard, the daughter of the Brossard crime family. And before any other information was exchanged or inquired about, the Brossard goon squad showed up covering the front and the back entrances telling the party that the Don, Mr. Broussard, would like to see them. And that is where we're picking up tonight. So, gentlemen, you are currently in the middle of this nightclub. You are being surrounded by goons who have told you you need to go see the Don. Remember, it is you, gentlemen, as well as the two lovely ladies in the middle of all this. So keep that in mind. So my first question is, what are you going to do?
3: So we need to go talk to the Don.
0: That is correct.
3: Well, even though... I do so have a...
2: think, oh shit, this is a first.
3: Indeed. Uh, the goon squad in front of me is unfazed by the uh, 12-gauge barrel that I have pointed at them, I assume.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> they do have us out now, but... Okay. Um, hmm. Alright, well. I'm gonna go ahead and... Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and... Put the sling around my shoulder and just kind of keep it... Away from everybody. Take the stress out of the situation a little bit.
0: Ready, so that is what you're doing, Hank. So as you put your uh, weapon away, the three goons that are around you, Hank, just kind of give you a solemn nod, letting you know that they mean you no harm since you de-escalated the situation.
3: <laughs> I'll be nice to you. You just be nice to me and we'll all get along just fine.
0: Of course. We have orders from the good old Don to make sure that we don't hurt any of you. <laughs> so. Understood. So, if all of you are okay with it, let us make haste.
1: Hold on, I gotta get my drinks out of the bar. And before we go, I go and grab two... uh, I grab a very good bourbon. This is Italian Mafia, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to make sure because, you know, certain people like certain things. No, Um, that's fine. So I go get a very nice... One of my better bourbons and I go get one of my... Um, very, very good selections of a vintage Italian red wine from the hidden stash. All okay, right, guys, let's go. I'm good.
2: I grab a matchbox off of one of the tables. Okay.
0: Alrighty righty, then. So, you guys are escorted out of the cat's cradle, and... The goons kind of respectfully, but in a hastily kind of uh, endeavor, get you guys into their cars. So there's two. They divide you guys up in half. Gary and Hank, you're in the front leading car, which leaves good old Chris with our two lovely ladies in the second car following behind.
3: Oh, we've all got separated.
0: Yes, yes, you did.
3: Oh, Don't. fun. <laughs> I've seen this movie. The guy on the front car takes a different turn.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't oh, do so that.
3: Gotta be mean, the front car.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you guys. Oh, the shit. Yet. <laughs> but no, so I, you the- I will later, not now. <laughs> All right. But the cars, they start up and they begin making their way At this point of the evening, it is closer to midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) You guys are making your way in these cars down the very quiet streets of New Orleans. The lights are flickering. And despite the warmth that the streetlights give, There is an odd sense of an unnerving silence as the hustle and bustle of New Orleans that you're used to is quite eerie at this time of night. Now, Hank, for you, this isn't nothing new, because sometimes when you work the graveyard shift, this is what you're used to. But for the rest of you, you mostly work during the normal hours of the morning and the afternoon into the evening. Unless you are Gary in his more extracurriculars is the nicest way of putting it.
2: I mean, in all due respect, the uh, <laughs> master uh, private eyes, they work all kinds of hours. Hmm,
0: that is true. So for most of you, it actually isn't as unnerving. However, you don't find yourself every day being escorted by Italian mobsters. <laughs> And as this little trip of yours continues, the cars, both of them, finally make their stop at the final destination. Gary, you would definitely know about this establishment. The other two, you've only heard rumblings through reports and or just word of the street. As you guys get out of the cars, with the uh, escorts of the goon squad... You find yourself in front of the Devil's Playground, which is a notorious gambling pit in New Orleans. So essentially a small version of an actual casino. But the Devil's Playground specializes in more games of chance and luck. And if you're a card shark, (laughs) this is the place to be. At least on the surface. in different avenues the three of you also know that this is the home base of the Brassard crime family so all that casino kind of gambling and all that good stuff is just a front for the real business and all of you now have a front row seat to it as you walk through the devil's playground you see all the card tables the slot machines all that good stuff but you make your way towards the back of the venue Climb up the long staircase leading to the second floor, where in a quaint little office, as the door opens, sitting behind a very nicely mahogany table. Is this older, somewhat overweight individual who you all know as the Don of the Broussard family, the Don Broussard. As you guys make your way inside. He kind of just looks at you. Ah, my guests have finally arrived.
1: You two, shut the fuck up. Let me do the talking. Don, it is a pleasure. I have brought you a very good vintage and some bourbon.
0: The Don just has one of his guys take it and kind of give it to him. He pops open the top and kind of does a little whiff of it. Ah, this is good stuff. It's very hard to find these days, especially given the mature rate to this. You have good taste, my friend.
1: It is always a pleasure of the goblin.
0: Ah, so you are the one at the old absinthe house. Very interesting.
1: Yes, uh, it is a pleasure to formally meet you. <laughs>
0: Quite the charmer, aren't ya? <laughs>
1: Respect where it is due.
0: <laughs> ah yes, I've heard about you. As with you, Hank. For being so fairly young on the force, you've made your name for yourself quite fast.
3: Oh, you know, just a little bit of hard work and diligence will get somebody into a high place very quickly.
0: (laughs) That gumption you got is gonna serve you very well. As well does your inquisitive mind, Chris. Even though you are a PI, your success rate is quite outstanding, especially since most of your clientele is the women who want to know if their husbands are stepping out on them.
2: First, I'm quite honored that you even know my name, sir. As well as I've heard a lot about you. Some of it good, some of it not so good, but that makes you even more a more fascinating individual to try to get to understand. As well as, uh, what you said about my, uh, I kind of do air quotes, reputation. Uh, like my friend Hank here says, hard work can go a long way.
0: Yes, a hard work indeed. <laughs> and in fact, it is because of your three and your work ethics that I have brought you here for a little favor. As he kind of slowly turns from his chair, he pulls out a manila file and kind of just taps it with his two fingers. My boys tell me you've made your way from Madame Delphine's party, did you not?
1: Yes, Don, that is correct. We were told you needed to see us of the utmost urgency.
0: (laughs) And... The Don kind of just laughs a little bit, and he says, Yes, well, I have a favor to ask you, or more so. It seems that my daughter is actually the one who requested you three. As the Don kind of signals for Lily and Fabiana to both come in. Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I was told that you were hired to find out the whereabouts of Fabiana.
2: Yes, sir, I was. Uh, honestly, it threw me off because the, the young lady's name seemed awfully familiar to her. And I kind of point over to him. The name sounded kind of familiar to somebody else that I know.
4: Yes,
0: well, what can I say? Fabiana is the angel of New Orleans. Her voice is going to carry her far in this business. But what I'm more interested in, Chris, and for the rest of you, that matter, does does the name Mr. Bordeaux ring about any of you?
2: Yes, sir. The name is, I I just heard it recently.
0: Uh, Gary, you were going to ask something.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember what was the butler's name again? Conrad. OK,
3: never mind. OK, Conrad. no worries. It's fine. <laughs> Bordeaux was mentioned to me last time, wasn't he?
2: Uh, yeah, when you and me were standing out there in the, the parking lot looking for your brother's car. That's uh, right. Up. Yeah.
3: The name the has be- been... The, the name has come up a couple times t- tonight.
0: Hmm. Ah, that confirms my suspicions, so... Looks like the pleasantries can be disregarded, and I'll just get down to brass tacks. Chris, I will like you or actually all of you. I would like to hire you on the behest of Fabiana and my daughter, Lily here. I want you to do a little bit of legwork for me. I will need you to dig up some dirt on Mr. Bordeaux. Is there uh,
2: anything in particular? that you wish to
0: know, Mr. Boldo. Just want to know if he says who he sa- thinks he is. He claims to be this upstanding citizen, and I just want to make sure, especially since he has a in- keen interest in my daughter's friend Fabiana, and wants to marry her. But for some unknown reason, my daughter doesn't wish for this to happen. And I can't say no to her, so I just want to make sure he's on the up and up.
3: Out of character. Mhm. Real quick, isn't his daughter an item with the other chick that we just saw? Or am I mixing the two up from last time?
0: Well, as you have this little thought in your head, Hank, let us make a roll. (laughs) Okay. So, um, it's not a specific skill. I'm just gonna have you roll straight smarts to see if you're able to connect the dots together.
3: (laughs) Oh, okay. just straight smarts. Um, <laughs> I got street smarts. <laughs> Let me guess your smarts die is not the greatest. No, I it's not. But I don't have any other kind of smart. I have notice and I got street smarts and I got investigation.
0: So roll smart. It's not an actual skill. It's actually one of your Made attributes.
3: Oh, so <laughs> ba, 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 that would have been a d6 then.
0: Okay, so roll for it. And remember, you roll max, you roll again because it explodes.
3: Uh huh. Well, that explodes. Pull it. And total's gonna be nine.
0: Okay, I mean, easy enough. I just wanted to make you roll because why not? But Hank, as sure. the Don is saying this, I mean, granted, you know what they say about assumptions and you know what people say about assuming it makes an ass out of you and me.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: However, it is not by coincidence. These two were the only ones at the cat's cradle. And at, when you walked in on them, it looked like they were sharing a very tender moment. So, Hank, uh-uh. in y- you make the connection that these two are an item. However, if you wish to share this information, I will leave it up to you.
4: Hmm. I'm
3: gonna nudge, uh. Gonna nudge Gary real quick. Mr. Gary. Mr. Goblin. Yeah, sorry, I was remarking something. Oh. Okay. Uh stage stage whispering. Um isn't his daughter and the other lady, you know. Gay? I was gonna say a little more colourful expression, but yeah. Oh sweetie. Who cares?
1: probably the reason why a good Don wants us to find out what's going on is so that he can make sure his daughter is happy.
3: Yeah, but he also just said he doesn't know why he... Hmm, I don't think the Don knows that his daughter is, you know. Oh. She hasn't come out of the closet. I think she spawned in last year's Christmas presents. Ooh. That's not good.
1: No. That's going to be fun. Um We're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the Don. She has to do it. Um we'll f- we'll cross that rainbow bridge when
3: it's time. Again out of character. So, the Dom wants us to find out why the daughter doesn't want this dude marrying her. Well, Don, surprise, your daughter doesn't want him because she's doing the sideways hustle with this other chick. Surprise, she's gay! (laughs) We could solve this real fast. I mean, you could. But, you know, we could, yes, we could
1: take her out of the closet so to speak but that is rude that's very rude, it's uncouth yes, so we will have to discuss it with the young lady and find out her motivations away from her father
3: Um, so that way um, well this, this this conversation is starting to get meta, I was just talking about like just clarifying that I was talking about like clarifying like this is what's going on, yes
0: yes, essentially this is what it's boiled down to
3: Okay, making sure before I did anything else, because I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, by the way. Okay. You're um, good. <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, so, um, yeah, let's, let's all right. Um, I'm actually going to put my phone away, because I
3: keep ADDing. Mm-hmm. So, you said this was the Dawn of the Wet Gang again? Brassard. Brassard. okay so Don Brassard. <laughs> uh if if we may could we have a word with your daughter if we're doing some kind of investigation let's let's start at the at the bottom and work our way up here
0: of course by all means since it is she who're requesting this, you may ask her anything you may talk to her. Just when you have finished your conversations with her, come back up and see me and then I can give you more details.
1: Very good, sir. We will definitely come see you once we are finished.
0: Okay. so at this point. Lily, along with Fabiana, take you three back downstairs into the devil's playground where you guys kind of Mingle around one of the booths. Obviously, there is a goon kind of station there, but you get the feeling that he's in on the secret and his lips are sealed in Mm. regards to the conversation that's about to go down.
1: Good.
3: (laughs) Now, miss. A lot of this this could get very convoluted, very fast. If we go along and play along. This however could go much quicker if you just tell your dear father.
0: (sighs) I mean, it is quite you are quite right, but there's more at stake than on the surface of me coming out after last year's Christmas present hunt, so to speak.
3: Hmm. Well, he's going to throw you out in the streets.
0: Oh, no, don't get me wrong. No, I can care of myself, but It's this one over here that I'm more worried about as she kind of glances over to Fabiana, who's only
3: quiet in this mission. Oh, I can't imagine why. Um, As she points, I'm like, oh, yes. By the way, I like my car keys back.
0: Uh, Yes, uh, sorry about that. As she kind of from her bosom kind of takes out the car keys and just slides it across the table back to you, Hank. Apologies. I'll have my hand over <laughs> Again, m- my apologies.
3: Titty keys. Titty keys. Oh gosh! <laughs> I had to get it out. I'm just gonna get caught but I needed it Mm. (laughs) there are other ways to get a man's attention other than taking his car bringing it into some dark secluded side of town to a a bar that's been closed down or supposed to have been closed down for the night and also pulling the keys between vast tracts of land from between the girls. Oh, boy.
0: Yes, uh, I do apologize. I I was just looking for a fast getaway and... Fortunately, but also unfortunately, because you seem like a really nice guy. I just found the first mark that I could in order to accomplish what I needed to. I need to get out of here. We need to get out of here.
1: We? Oui. You do realize that if she leaves, that's a hunt.
0: Yes, um, I'm. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really think this all through, it's just... I just need to get away from Mr. Bordeaux. That's all I need to do.
1: That's something we can work on. What's so special about the wine boy? Mr. Bordeaux. Hmm.
0: Fabiana, as quiet as she's been, she gets even more mousier. Her body language kind of starts to shrink into itself as she takes her hands, which are currently on the table, and then kind of just closes them in tighter to her chest. (sighs) It's better if I show you, but please, just a fair warning. Not going to be pretty. Oh. So she stands up from the table, from the booth, And she turns around, facing away from you guys in your general direction, and she slowly begins to unfurl her dress to kind of let it hang from the back while still holding it up. And as the dress kind of slowly cascades down...
4: you
1: thank you for showing us that was very brave of you i have an idea of what's going on
0: as fabiana gets back dressed back up lily turns to you three that's why i needed your help it's less so about me and more so for her safety.
1: That's Mr. very understandable and it's very admirable. You're a good friend, if not more. I'm trying to think of what else to say, Hold on. Uh side note. Mm-hmm. Um so mister Bordeaux is relatively um influential, I'm guessing
0: influential famous infamous
1: yeah pick (laughs) okay um that would stand to reason that even if they went to the local authorities even if grizz went to the local authorities it would get kiboshed pretty quickly because of influence so that's why the outside party is needed okay Uh speculate Um, and that's That's speculation that's pure speculation
2: out of Um, character um I'm sorry I kind of I kind of blanked out when she showed us this was she talking about Mr. Bordeaux did that or uh
1: it's safe to assume that Bordeaux did that it was Mm -hmm. heavily implied it was all but said yeah
2: okay um. Now I'm wanting to do something character-wise.
0: Okay. What would you like to do?
2: One of my hindrances is short temper.
0: Oh shit!
2: So, so what's Chris, a Chris kind of walks up and he just, ever so gently, just kind of touches her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Honey, after seeing this. If You want, you just say the word, and I'll shoot the bastard myself.
1: You think her, you know, her dad would have already done that by now? There's I'm a reason I turn to Gary and say, you know, I'll make sure it's done. You have to remember in this town, there are powers to be and powers that fight. The powers that fight with each other is obviously this mafia. And there's probably someone else that's backing Mr. Bordeaux. It's not as simple as going and shooting. Now, I w- agree with your sentiment. It's very important that we make sure due justice is served. But we also have to figure out how we can do it without setting off a powder keg
3: that could burn the city. Also, I'm gonna pretend that I didn't just hear what um, what was said, so that way it's not premeditated murder.
2: Chris just kind of chuckles and then try to how can I say kind of adjust a himself. Gary, you're right. I'm sorry. It's just something like this is something that really gets to me trust me i understand and as for what you said hank i don't know what you heard i didn't say nothing (laughs) and then i just kind of turned to uh shoot i already forgot her name Who, who is it that we're talking to right now
0: so you're currently talking to two you have Fabiana, who is the one who showed off what Mr. Bordeaux did to her. Okay. And then you have Lily. Oh, no,
2: I walked up and talked to you. Okay. hmm And like I said, trying to compose myself. That was the word I was thinking of earlier, compose. And as I kind of compose myself again. Forgive my outburst.
1: Now, well, Gary said, private. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off, private, but here's what we gotta do. The boss wants us to find stuff. So, Fabiana Lily, where does he hang out a lot? Who does he hang out with that y'all know of?
0: Hmm. Lily kind of just gives you a sly little smirk. <laughs> It always helps to be the Broussard's little princess, so of course I have this information, but I want you to think about this carefully. Mr. Bordeaux likes to hang out at the Crocodile Tears, which is, mm, let's just say it nicely, a rival family's gambling den. We're on good terms with them, they're on good terms with us. He likes to hang out... However, there is some uh, rumors going around, if you will, that give way to a uh, more sinister undertone. If you catch my drift, you think the mob is (laughs) if you think the mob is bad. You are aware of the tall tales that go around New Orleans, things that go bump in the night. The supernatural, if you will.
1: This is New Orleans.
0: I'm glad you understand. Because supposedly the Crocodile Tears is the rival family's gambling den. But it seems they're backed by more sinister means and their revenue goes through. Have any of you heard of the Black Hand?
3: If it's got anything to do with the hoodoo, voodoo, you do, I don't want any part of it.
1: I stay far away from the hoodoo, unless I have to. Um. So anyway, uh, this probably—let well, me guess—this is going to be either a streetwise or a knowledge check.
0: I will say more of a streetwise check because the Black Hand is more of an underground organization. Okay. Okay.
3: Let's see. That's a six. I was going to say, I've only got That's a, D4 a six. In it, if you would uh, look at my I've word.
2: got a six. That's, That's a three, Mark. Uh, have, okay. have I heard oh, anything? Four.
0: <laughs> Let's see. So, Chris, you got a four? Huh? Did you? Are you rolling or no? <laughs>
2: oh no, I didn't roll yet. I was I was waiting for confirmation that I can roll to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyone uh, who wants uh, to roll can. <laughs> okay, I said
2: D six.
1: I got a three. I rolled two sixes and a three.
0: <laughs> okay. So we'll wait for one more.
2: <laughs> wait, you uh, you guys rolled what? Do I do I just roll one die or do I roll what?
1: You roll one die.
2: Okay. All right. And if you get the max on that die, you roll again. Yep.
1: Yeah. yep. Yes.
2: Okay. I just roll a four.
0: And is that oh on a D six? Okay. But still, that is w- so. Uh, Did that still still pass. Yes. Yeah, so remember, in Deadlands, all you need is that magic four. But we're gonna resolve this in order. So, uh, Hank, like you previously just stated, if anything with the hoodoo, you do voodoo. You keep away from that. So you only know with the name of the Black Hand. You don't know the specifics. Chris, you know a little bit more. You know that they are of the hoodoo, you do, voodoo type of stuff. But as far as more of their inner workings, you're not too sure. Gary, you on the other hand, given your profession, and you uh, are kind of an equal opportunist kind of businessman, the black hand is part of the you do, hoodoo, voodoo type of stuff. So, yes, the Black Hand is a voodoo org, is a sect of a voodoo cult. Now, just as a disclaimer for this game and for the real world, not all voodoo is evil. There are some people in New Orleans here that practice it with good intentions. The Black Hand, on the other hand, are not those type of people. And for you, Gary. You know that the Black Hand, if you get on the wrong side, makes sure that people tend to meet an unfortunate end or disappear or make things look like an accident. And given their magical prowess, they can pretty much get away with it.
1: Well, this is definitely... Not good. Let me sum up. This is very bad. I had more. Give me a moment. Um Okay, so now that we know it's a black hand, um I'm trying to think. What else can we get from them? Really? I'm conversing with my other players to ensure that we knock my microphone around um that that we have a, a better a, a further idea because I'm kind of stuck
3: what it sounds like we need to do is we need to go stake out this other gambling hall kind of drop eyes and ears on Mr Bordeaux without getting caught ourselves and if we do get caught ourselves we will be in deep deep. Doo doo. Well,
1: here's what I recommend them. Sorry to cut you off, there, PI. Actually, de- technically de- speaking, not you, Hank. Oh. Here's what we should do we should do both at the same time. I'll have my people, my little watches. Kinda hang out around the the- the tiers. You, my little P.I. buddy over here, I want you to find out everything you can about Bardot. Then, what we can also do is have you, Hank, get scrimming us up a- a warrant, as weak as it is, to get a good raid on the tiers.
3: Now, that will require a probable cause and we want to keep this discreet, so...
1: Now, that's what's more uh, discreet than busting through the front door with a cop raid?
2: Now, now, gentlemen, it just so happened that Mr. Bordeaux tried to... Or, didn't try. He, he did hire me to find this young lady. I could go and personally talk to Mr. Bordeaux, you know, and uh, again, air quotes. Inform him of what I did or did not find yet. Kind of uh, keep him up to date.
1: So update them. Um, give him a little white lie. Maybe a little bit of sprinkling of falsity, falsities even, and um. Sorry, I didn't say And then uh, see if you can. Give him the spoon feed you a little more information, yeah?
2: Exactly what I was thinking, Mr. Gary.
1: Well, that's good. What you can do as well, is if you need to meet him somewhere outside of your office, make sure to ring me first.
3: I'll set you up a room. It sounds like to me we need more information. I can start putting together... I can start putting together a dossier on all legal activities that tie back to Mr. Bordeaux. And depending on what I can find, I may be able to get a warrant that way. <laughs> it would all—it'd be all dependent on how, how deep the web goes and if I can actually pin Mr. Bordeaux at the top of it. That would well, be a good probable cause.
1: Then that's good. I'm glad we are all in agreement. Ladies, thank you for your information. What we're going to do is we're going to talk to your father, Lily, real quick. We're going to tell him our plan, and then we're going to go execute the plan. And then we're going to watch the plan go off the rails and throw away the plan. (coughs) Damn you. (laughs) That one
3: was for TikTok and TikTok only. Make the plan. Follow the plan watch the plan blow up in your face, throw away the plan. (laughs) But yeah, I need to Excellent.
0: real quick. (laughs) Alrighty. So?
2: Uh, Yes, uh, Hank, if you can try to put together some sort of dossier on uh, Mr. Bordeaux, I can try to see what what I might have in my records, I might have came across this. And looking back over it, uh, again, who was it that had the burns? What was that? Fabiana. Uh, Fabiana? I yeah. was going to say, that would have been the Carthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been the Carthy. As I kind of glance over at Fabiana, I kind of glance back over to you, Hank. I might have come across this to air quotes gentlemen kind of biting saying that through my teeth because I'm still pretty mad at what I just saw and uh, so if you could possibly drop me off my office I can rummage through my files see if I came across them and then I'll give you a call to so we can find out what we're gonna do next on how we're gonna meet this Gentlemen, Bordeaux.
3: Well, that sounds like an idea. We've still got the we still got the borrowed car and we got my brother's car back. Yeah, yes.
0: Now, let's uh, get this. So let me run this by me because it seems that every you guys have a plan, but I need to just for my notes. Uh, definitely you're going to be looking for information. So who is doing what per se?
1: Okay. So here's the plan so far. Uh, Josh is going to go and speak to Bordeaux. Well,
2: um, I was talking with Tanner and, uh, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to have, uh, Hank drop me off at my office first. So I can go through my, uh, through any files I might have to see if I already have anything to do with Mr. Bordeaux. And then if I find or if I don't find anything, I'll give Hank a call, see if he's got anything done yet. Then we'll give you a call, and then we'll probably go, at, or I'll probably go and uh, try to talk to Mr. Bordeaux about meeting up someplace.
1: Okay. So basically... Extra step. Sorry, go ahead. It's basically an extra step. Find out what we can before talking to Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. Josh is going to talk to Bordeaux. Tanner's going to see what he can do um, uh, police-wise to get into Bordeaux or whatever. I'm going to send my minions of whatever... To uh, uh, scout around and find out any information from the crocodile's tears, tears without finding out information with, from the crocodile's tears, and then we're going from there. That sounds like a, a a general plan. Yep,
2: yeah, sounds pretty yeah. much sure. Yeah. All
3: right, so we go back to the original spot, the bar, pick up my car and the borrowed car, drop off the borrowed car back at the party that we left from, and then everybody pile into my brother's car and I drop everybody off to their respective places. <laughs> uh,
4: we oh love this my- dude.
3: So
0: we'll do this in take. We'll do this in turns. So. Hank, the first person you drop off is going to be Chris. So, Chris. Oh, yes, sir. We forgot to tell the Don.
1: You never leave a Don's place without permission. (laughs) It's It's a very important scene. Yes. So rewind about
3: 15,
2: 20 seconds of this film and go back and talk to the Don.
3: You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding to talk about killing a man. (laughs) Yes.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so... All right, ladies. We have a plan together. We're going to go talk to your father, Lily, and then we're going to get our plan in action. Does that sound good to y'all?
0: Yes, I would love that very much. And... Should you run into any trouble, you just let me know and me and my boys will take care of it for you.
1: I'll be sure to whistle. <laughs> so let's go back to the Don. Explain to him what's going on. Pay our respects and re- and then leave.
0: Okay, so I will say you do that. It goes off of the hitch. The Don is a little... Disturbed by, uh, well, how much detail did you give him about, uh?
1: I will not give the full extent of the detail. Uh, Okay, you know, there were injuries to your daughter's friend made by Mr. Bordeaux. He seems to be hanging a lot with the crocodile tears in this family. We're going to see if we can get some more information and we're going to try and make it so there's no issue between the two families.
0: Mm. Yes, I would not want bloodshed. That is the last thing on my mind.
1: (laughs) A war between the two families will not be good for my business either. I wish to prosper, not fail.
0: As do I, but you have my blessing, and since you have my blessing, if Lily can help you in any way, just let her know. Bright girl, and, that one.
1: Yes, she is quite bright indeed, sir. Thank you so much for your blessing. We will make sure to use it properly.
0: Hmm. As and you Go. So then we get back into Hank's brother's car and Chris, you get dropped off first. So Chris, at this point, it is eh, I'll say about four in the morning. It's been a very long night, but work needs to be done. So Chris, as you enter your office, I assume you're going to go to your files.
2: The first thing I'm going to do Change into a clean set of clothes. I'm tired of smelling like boobs. Then I'm going to go to my files.
0: Yes, I forgot about that. It's great. Okay, so you're going to spend the next couple hours looking over this file. So here's what I want you to do I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to have you roll. But I'm going to let you choose if you would want to do investigation or if you want to do street wise. I'm going to let you pick and then you're going to roll. But you got to tell me which one you're going to roll for.
2: Either way, it's still going to be a D6. So I'm going to go with investigating. Okay. Now, out in the field right now, I would mainly be doing street smarts. But as of right now, since it's all paperwork, I'm gonna do investigating.
0: Okay, so roll the investigation for me.
2: Uh, Dice gods be good to me. Shit. That's a three.
0: Ah, I'm sorry. Close, but no cigar. So, Chris. Turn this tray. I'm I'm going back to the table. So, Chris, roll me a D4 real quick. A D4? Mm-hmm. A
2: little,
0: yeah, that's the pyramid. Yes, okay. And it goes behind the tripod. I can't see, uh That is a three. Okay. So, Chris, you spent the next three hours mulling over your files. So, at this point, it is now about seven in the morning while this is all going on. And... Though you have completed a numerous amount of cases, as you review your closed and the small number of open ones you still got. You don't really find any information on Mr. Bordeaux. In fact, none of your clientele seems to mention him or the black hand. So, as (laughs) you.
2: I'm upset with that role then, because, you know, things like that happens. I don't know everybody.
0: I mean, it pans out your private eye, so your clientele base is not as expansive, which is going to happen. But yeah, over the three hours of your investigation, you don't necessarily find any information and you come to the conclusion that Hank will probably have a better time in doing so, given that he probably has more of a network to work with than you do.
2: That's fair. That's fair.
0: So as you are putting your files away, you hear a knock at the door
2: Yes, who is it? I say kind of sleepily rubbing rubbing my eyes.
0: Uh Chris Uh, it's me, uh, Mr. Bordeaux. Do you mind if I come in real quick?
2: I contemplate grabbing my 45 for literally like a millionth of a second and then just like no 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 be a good boy <clears throat> i kind of straighten up like whatever clothes i've got on right now yes sir yes please come on in the door should be unlocked.
0: as the door opens chris you see mr bordeaux still wearing his attire from the party Except now his jacket is off. He's kind of carrying it over his shoulder. Uh, he's still wearing his vest, but his tie has been loosened, and it is kind of just hanging around his neck. His buttons are a little bit of a mess. Apologies for the disheveled look, Chris. Um, things oh, at the things at the ball kind of got a little wild.
2: I understand how that, that goes. Please, please, take a, take a seat, sir. And I kind of point to one of the seats that's uh, in front of my desk. And out of one of my drawers, I grab a, a crumpled pack of cigarettes. Do you smoke, sir?
0: Oh, a man after my own heart. If you're offering, I would love to have one.
2: I kind of tap the the bottom of the pack and it pops a, a cigarette out. And at the same time, I'm reaching kind of down on my desk and grabbing that gold-plated lighter that's got the marine emblem on it. Of course, sir. Here you go. Thank you. He kind of takes a cigarette And mm-hmm. I pull me a smoke out. I like me, uh, I light me one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, Mr. Bordeaux, what the... Do... Oh, I did not realize it was that time. What brings you so early in the morning, sir?
0: I apologize for coming in so early, but uh, I just wanted to see if you had any updates on my little request.
2: Kind of looked down at my desk, kind of flicking the the ashes off my cigarette. I hate to say this, Mr. Bordeaux, but I haven't come up with hardly anything. Pretty much next to nothing. (sighs) Now, So, anything more you can, you can tell me about this young lady. Maybe that might uh, help me in my investigation here. And I take another puff of the smoke.
0: Well, I mean, anything that I can do to help. Uh, what would you like to know?
2: Uh, does she have any uh, any friends that she would? go-to, uh, any, uh, any close family.
0: <sighs> well, I'm not too keen on her friendships. I mean, she probably knows a lot of people, given the fact that she is one of the more prominent jazz singers here in New Orleans, so she probably has some friends. The specifics as much I'm not again, I'm not too keen on, but you know, I give her her privacy and I just let her be. She doesn't have any family though because, uh, she's a transplant here to New Orleans. Eh, she moved out from the Midwest, that kind of thing, wanted to make it big here in the good old New Orleans and try to get a career started and lounge singing. And in fact, it is because she has the voice of an angel that I fell in love. What can I say? I'm a sucker for a pretty face. Even more so if that pretty face has a voice to back it up as well.
2: Oh, I understand, sir. If you don't mind me asking, uh, where, did you two, uh, where did you two first meet? You know, flick off some more ashes off of the cigarette.
0: Oof, well... The first official time that I saw Fabiana, it was at the Crocodile's Tears. I would just happen to be there with some of my uh, mates. And eh, gambling's not necessarily my thing, but you know, I'm not paying for anything, so mm, free evening out, free drinks. The gentleman can't say no. And it just so happened that she was performing there that night. I'm not a big normally I'm not a big proponent of these kind of jazzy types not my kind of style but man did she make me a believer the moment that she opened her mouth and let those notes just fly out the world around me just seemed to grow a little bit lighter and all I could focus on was her
2: she was a a light in a a very, very dark world, so to speak.
0: Oh, yes. In fact, she's been the brightest thing to will happen in my life as of late. So, it's important that when those things happen, you make sure that you never let them go, so to speak.
2: Oh, yes, I, I know. When you find something that you hold dear, you never let it go. <laughs> now, Mr. Bordeaux, you you mentioned the crocodiles here. Is that I hear that's actually kind of a difficult place to get into how how'd you manage that um, call me curious
0: hmm. like I said I have a couple of friends who associate them more than I do but you know I personally don't go out of my way to go see them but Whenever I'm invited out of town with these friends, I always end up having a good time, even if it isn't my style, but it's more of a circumstance kind of thing. I don't go out of my way to associate with those kinds of establishments, if I'm being completely honest.
2: I see, I see. Okay, um, out of character. Mm hmm. Um, forgive me for asking for being an idiot, but is there anything in particular that we're needing to to learn about Mr. Bordeaux?
0: Well, from the sounds of your plan, you just wanted to get more information. However, the types of questions you ask and the information that you're looking for are completely up to you. Unfortunately, I cannot give you that type of information, so you're going to have to kind of use your brain on this one.
2: We're in
3: trouble.
0: (laughs) And just as a reminder, it's called a party for a reason, so if you're stuck, you can potentially rely on some of your other compatriots to see if what they can find in their endeavors. I know that's not an answer that you want to hear, but (laughs)
2: Sorry, I was writing something down.
0: <laughs> That's alright.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> basically, one of the things we're trying to do is figure out who he hangs out with, who um, could have more dirt on him, and if he, in his true intentions for, for uh, uh, Madame Fabiana. Thank you. I'm surprised I
2: actually remembered that time. Someone had to. (laughs) So basically, just names of, like, friends he might hang out with on a, quote-unquote, regular basis, places he might go to hang out, just general information.
1: General information, try to be vague as, you know, just casual conversation. So, um, you know, be like, hey, where are you going, uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going out uh, to drink somewhere tonight, you know, somewhere new, where do you recommend?
2: Yeah, I don't get so, out very know. much, so you said you go out of town every once in a while. What, what places might you recommend?
0: Hmm. Well, there's not much in the way. Well, it depends. If I may be frank, Chris, is this officially on or off the record?
2: My lips are sealed, sir. (laughs) I mean, we're just, how can I say, right now we're just two people having a casual smoke together.
0: Hmm. Yes, Kilt?
1: What's Mr. Bordeaux's first name?
0: He never officially gave it,
1: so he could be Frank for all we know.
2: <laughs> now, um, Mr. Bordeaux, I uh, please, I, I apologize. We, we never got to. I guess you could say formally introduce each, uh, to each other. Of course, you you know my name, but still, my name is Chris. Now, if you'd be so uh, so kind, I I would. Love to know your first name, sir.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, certainly.
2: Oh, and your, your smoke's getting a, a little peeky. Uh, would you care for another, sir?
0: <laughs> I think I'm good. As he kind of takes what's left of his cigarette and twists it out in the ashtray, the name is Frank Bordeaux.
2: Pleasure to formally
0: meet you, sir. <laughs> oh, Chris, it is a pleasure of mine, and I apologize for not introducing myself by my full name earlier. Things kind of were a little bit of a caught in the moment kind of thing at the party. But, uh, now that we got that all out of the way, what is it that you're really after, Chris?
2: I'm just trying to find this this young lady you're looking for. <laughs> Considering that envelope of money that you gave me back at the party, she is clearly worth something. So.
4: Oh yeah, like As I, I said.
2: Guess... of the party, if there's anything that you can tell me, please tell me. So it would make my job that much easier to find this young
0: lady. <laughs> ah. Oh. Let's answer your questions in order. Since you this conversation, your lips are sealed. I mean, while I personally don't try to associate myself with the crocodile tears, they do have a bit of an expansive business that they are expanding to. I heard that they are trying to get into the bootleg business. Oh, really? Oh, yes.
2: Now, that can be quite lucrative if it's to a... What's that that expression that I heard? uh, Catch traction, I believe it was. Oh, yes. Your friends could definitely be rolling in the money, sir. So all the best. Anything (laughs) to get ahead in these trying times?
0: Well, I'm surprised that your friend Gary didn't tell you anything about it. I figured he would have known given his reputation around town.
2: Well, to be honest, I'm surprised he didn't say anything about it to me either, but as you can tell by my appearance when he and I first met, I was kind of itching to get out of there.
0: So you are friends with the Goblet. Quite interesting. I
2: wouldn't well, know if I'd say we're friends. More like acquaintances.
0: And what about your other acquaintance, Hank? He tends to be that sharp eye of his.
2: Well, somebody so young, rising up to the rank of the detective, must be sharp. But, uh, some years back, man, uh, his path and eyes, uh, kind of cross, I guess you can say. I was on a case, he was on a case, and we just tried to help each other out as best as we could. That still turned into quite a long case, though. I just kind of rubbed the bridge in my nose like, (laughs) oi.
0: Well, Chris, I'm just gonna cut to the chase here. And Mr. Frank, now that we know his first name stands up, If you and your associates want to have a meeting with me, you three can come to the Crocodile Tears and we can discuss this gentlemanly. I'm a man that believes of getting down to brass tacks and not wasting any time. This conversation has been enlightening, though. Whenever you
2: said uh, brass tacks, I literally just kind of turned my lighter around to kind of show off the marine emblem. Believe me sir, I know what you (laughs) mean.
0: Excellent. Well, I appreciate this talk. I learned a lot about you and your associates, Chris. (laughs) Like I said, and he kind of slides you his business card. If you should ever need to request a meeting, you can come. Give me a call and we'll set something up for you. Now you get some rest there and we'll talk very soon. Of course, sir. You have a pleasant day. (laughs) And as Frank is walking out the door, he kind of over his shoulder, while still in the doorframe, says to you. I'm just going to be a pleasure talking to you. You get some sleep now. And of course, hopefully your little nightmares don't haunt your dreams too much as he closes the door and walks away.
2: under my breath, and uh, I just kind of say to myself, "Uh, I don't think those nightmares are ever, ever going to go away. And with saying this, I immediately grab another smoke out of that pack and spark it up.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we're going to cut to our next bit. So, Hank, you dropped everybody off, so at this point once again it's the wee hours of the morning so what are you doing now that you have dropped everyone else off
3: (laughs) i'm going back to the police station and taking a nap in my office
0: (laughs) excellent so you go back to your office you're in the middle of your little cat nap You're dreaming of the nice sugar plum fairies is dancing in your head, so to speak, but then that is a rudely, abruptly awakened by a large knocking at your door.
3: The kind of look
0: up and it's like. Ugh. It's open. So the door doesn't open like it opens at a very fast rate uh, and standing in front of you in all of his. 6-5-Glory is Chief Oxford, your boss. <laughs> Just
3: kind of stand up. Like, uh, what can I do for you today, Chief? So
0: I heard that you, uh, I heard that you left your post last night. What's up with that, officer?
3: Well, there was a carjacking in the parking lot. I had to go find out who did it.
0: <sighs> Thank you. And as you're sitting this, you could just tell the expression in his face. He does not give a shit about the reason he is pissed. <laughs> hmm.
3: It's not like I just drank the night away and just stayed up here in my office to sleep it off. I was working diligently last night.
0: Hank, I love you. You're one of the best I've got. But all you had to do last night was just play security and that was it. Now I have Madame Delphine screaming in my ear, telling me that there was no one there to protect her. Lord knows the old bat is crazy, but... You had one job. Can you explain to me what was so important besides this carjacking that you left the party when you did?
3: Well, it was my brother's car that I was driving.
0: Still waiting on the reason as to why you left.
3: To go find the car, and the car thief.
0: And did you find said car thief? I did. And where would they be? They got away. Of course they did. (sighs) I'm going to let it slide this time, Hank. Like I said, you're one of the few bright spots in this shithole. But next time, at least let me know. That way, if anything else, I could take care of your absence personally and make sure that we don't have these old money types breathing down our necks.
3: Speaking of which, does the last name Bordeaux mean anything to you?
0: He kind of cocks his head a little bit. Are you referring to that little shit, Frank Bordeaux?
3: I believe that would be the one. I give him a a brief description of uh, the Bordeaux that I was talking to the night before. Uh,
1: Yeah, that one's a piece of work.
0: He's one of these new rich boys who, just because he has daddy's money, thinks he can do whatever he wants. Ah, okay. Um. It doesn't help that he is Judge Bordeaux's son, so that complicates things around here.
3: Oh, fantastic. So we got a family tree to go by, too.
0: (sighs) So, I'm going to keep this off the record, Hank. Are you involved in any sort of way looking into
3: Bordeaux? He's just piqued my interest, that's all.
0: Hmm, I bet he does. I bet he is.
3: I've got some suspicions about a correlated case between one of his employees and another investigation that a certain private I asked me to help him out with. This may lead to something bigger, I don't know. But I would like to see any kind of connected files. I need... uh, employee records, any kind of booking records that are tied to Mr. Bordeaux, not necessarily directly, but any kind of his employees that may have been tied up and have been arrested, booked. Um, anybody that had been, you know, listed as one of his employees.
0: OK. And Chief Oxford just looks at you. <sighs> Well, Hank, you have access to all the files you could possibly want. And if we're keeping this off the record. I want to see that little shit go down. Those are my personal feelings professionally, just make sure you do everything by the book. Always. Hmm. He kind of just leaves a key on the table. Now, normally, the only kinds of people who have access to those sensitive files are the higher-ups, but, you know, if someone were to, by accident, lose their key, I'm sure you would be a good sport about it and return it to them once you've found it.
3: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Well then, (sighs) I got other things to do, but... uh, If you find my lost key, just make sure you come give it back to me. As he kind of grins at you. Will do. (laughs) And just as as quick Mm -hmm. as he entered your office, he exits it and closes the door gingerly this time. Mm
3: -hmm. I'll give him a couple minutes to kind of clear out from the area and then immediately go look for all these files. Okay. So, you make Um, your way...
0: Sorry.
2: Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. But, uh, I kind of give Hank a call, albeit just very little information that I got, but I do relay what I did get to him.
0: Oh. Okay. That's a good thing you said that, because as you're about to see, that's going to come in handy. So, Hank. Yeah. So Chris relays this information. He tells you about the little bit of info he got from Miss from Frank Bordeaux. Yes. Frank, we're we're just gonna say Frank. he relays to you the bit that Frank has hung out at the Crocodile tears. He claims that it's not his type of establishment. Chris also uh-huh. relays the information of the first time he met Fabiana. And in addition, Chris also relays the information, too, that Frank knows about you and Gary by some odd
3: reason.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: People at the top always gotta stay informed as part of the thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. <clears throat> so with that in mind, I'm gonna be looking into... As I said before, I'm gonna be looking into previous employees with ties to Bordeaux. I'm gonna be looking into, um large transactions tied to the Bordeaux family. um, I'm going to be looking for any kind of uh, relevant newspaper articles involving uh, Bordeaux by name. And I'm going to also be looking into Fabiana and some of her stuff. And anything linked to her. And I'm also, as a sidebar thing, gonna be looking into the. What was that? Don's last name again?
0: Uh, Brassard.
3: There we go. I'm gonna be looking into the, uh, the Brassard, uh, the Brassard family.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm investigating
3: everybody. I ain't going into this blind. I don't trust (laughs) none of
0: this. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay. So, well. Before we do anything, let's see how far you get. So, all right. Because you are looking for this information specifically, I'm going to let you do the same thing. You are going to do some leg work here. So, you can either roll investigation or streetwise.
3: Okay. So, I think I'm going to go with investigation. I may use my Benny from last time.
0: Yes. Uh, wow.
3: Well, that's a five, so I'm gonna use my Benny. And what does that Benny do again?
0: So Bennies allow you to re-roll on mm-hmm. any skill, but remember the magic number is four.
3: Yep. But I want that
0: good info. Okay, so you can spend the Benny to re-roll, but you must use this number, whether it's higher or lower, just as a fair warning, because your gamb that's part of Deadlands is that these bennies allow you to gamble. But, you know, you mu- your bold choices may gain you favor or they can hurt you. So just as a FYI. Solid point. I'm
3: going to grab a different D6. I
2: totally <laughs> forgot about
3: bennies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. And aha. Uh-huh. OK, six, six and five. So that's going to be 12 plus five. That's 17.
0: Jesus Christ,
3: <laughs> Why I used that fucking Benny and changed out die.
0: I'm telling you, man, Benny's are a game changer here in Deadlands. OK,
3: I want that good info.
0: Oh, boy, here we go. So we're going to go in order here. I'm going to start from the smallest information in terms of of the three people you want investigated leading into the big shit. So here we go. Okay. So, Hank, you spend the next couple hours going Uh over these files and here's what you find. So we're going to start with Fabiana. Okay. So not much has been written or as known of Fabiana as far as her presence in New Orleans. Though you do find a couple of epitaph articles, which is the local newspaper here in New Orleans, Uh Uh just kind of fluff pieces talking about her story, how she's a small town girl from the Midwest who wanted to make it big in the jazz scene and has kind of become a tour de force in New Orleans. She, in this little article, in this little interview, she mentions that she doesn't really have any family, you know, she has a stepfather, but he was uh, the nicest way of putting it uh, kind of a deadbeat. Uh-huh. And so she she took care of herself. So once she became old enough and earned enough, she kind of made her way out to New Orleans to pursue jazz singing. And so far, she's been successful. And of course, with the epitaph, as you know, some of these uh, gossipy pieces tend to be more scandalous in the social circles, which you're just a straight lace type of person. You don't really care for these types of rumors, Uh which which the epitaph has tied that Mr. Bordeaux, Frank and Fabiana are some sort of relationship, but neither one has confirmed it for sure. But they're always being photographed together. At like the big parties, or even at g- gala events around New Orleans, anytime that Fabiana is performing, it seems that Frank is to follow suit. So that's on her. Okay. Now, the dawn. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> so. What you find interesting about the information about the Dodd is something that you probably already surmised from your deductions. But obviously, head of the crime family, one of the bigger crime families in New Orleans. The two biggest crime families here in New Orleans are the Broussards and the Villalas. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are the two major crime families. Of course, they're smaller ones, but they don't really make a dent like these two do.
3: There is a. No, but what was the name of that other? What was the name of that biggest one again? So it's the Broussard's uh-huh. and the Via So V
0: E A L A H.
3: Okay. hmm.
0: I know, weird spelling.
3: <laughs> All right. <laughs> and they're bigger than the. Uh... Uh, how do I say their name again? Broussard. Broussard, yes. So they're bigger <laughs> than the Broussard family or they're more infamous. They're
0: about the same size. And so, I mean, crime is crime regardless. But if you were to compare apples and oranges between the two, the Brassards are more of the traditionalist. I mean, they'll cut you. They will do whatever it takes if you mess with their business, but they also follow the rules of traditional mobsters and gangsters. Women and women and children are a big no, no, and Uh they like to have their information before they decide to take the competition out. They try not to leave a trace and they don't like to involve innocence if necessary. Okay. On the flip side of that coin, the Villas are the complete opposite. If you get in their way, they don't care if you are man, woman, child. You step in front of them, and you get and hinder their success in any way. They will take you out, and they don't care if innocents get caught in the crossfire. Uh huh. So there was an incident about a couple of years ago. Hank, you would have only heard it from it from your brother. But there was a incident called a Bloody Monday in which the two families had a full on firefight in the street, which caused the death of many innocent civilians, casualties to both families. But more importantly, the biggest victim to come out of that was a one Mary Ann Broussard, the Don's deceased. Wife. Uh Mm -hmm. So as you are researching this up, because of this incident and how heartbroken the Don was, he and the other crime family decided to broker peace as to not shed any more needless blood. But this truth is very thin. And at any moment, anything can set off another wave of. Bloody Monday part two, if you will. Gotcha. And the only other bits that you know about the Don is he's getting up in age and older. Supposedly, Lily is supposed to take over the business, but no one has any kind of inkling whether or not she would actually step up and do so. But the Don is looking Mm. for a replacement. yeah. And, of course, with them being traditional mobsters, when people marry into the family, he's looking at these potential suitors as to possibly to take over for him once he retires.
3: Take over the family business. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So that's all the information about the Don. All right. Okay. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. So Frank Bordeaux. So there's a couple of things about Frank that you find out. Number one, kind of similar to Fabiana. Anytime that she's performing, Frank is usually there and in the epitaphs with these pictures at these events, you usually see Frank and Fabiana together there with his arm around her or holding her hand, all that good stuff. You also find more information that Frank is the son of Judge Bordeaux, which Chief Oxford already mentioned to you. Uh But in your research, you find out exactly why this kid's a pain in the ass. Most of his uh, rap sheet is just stupid misdemeanors just being a public nuisance, drunken past wee hours of the morning, kind of like college boy frat shit, if you will. (laughs) Now, the more interesting part is that's when he was younger. The last two or three years, anything that was written about Frank Um. has seemed to do a complete 180 as it talks about his accomplishments, about him and doing real estate, also proprieting and kind of funding a lot of these gambling dens that are popping up over New Orleans, and all of them are quite successful if we're being completely honest here. And his reputation of a college frat boy from when he's younger, slowly starting to melt away for every new article published, talking about how much he is trying to change the community of New Orleans for the better and how he's bringing all these new types of jobs and all these things into New Orleans, making it better for the people. Blah, 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 blah.
3: <laughs> gotcha.
0: As far as employee records go, yep. Officially, everything is above
3: board, but because, uh-huh. but
0: because you wrote that
3: goddamn
0: seventeen,
3: how many of his employees have a fucking rap sheet a mile long?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, take your pick. There's about twenty of them that work under him at all these various gambling dens that all have a rap sheet of some sort. And funny enough, they all have ties to the
3: Viola crime family. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs>
0: so as you are taking this in, you also see.
3: OK, specifically the. Uh, tied into looking at employee records of ones that have a rap sheet. How many of them work at the Crocodile's Tears?
0: So let's see. About of the 20 of them, there is a good mm, five of them that work at the Crocodile's Tears.
3: All right, let's hone in on that.
0: Okay. So as you're researching that more, that's 17. Uh, There is one name on here that is very interesting to you, Hank. So... This one is a Ridley O'Reilly. And the reason that name sticks out to you is because if you remember from when you and Hank were at his establishment, there was a younger boy by the name of Jack O'Reilly who is <laughs> Gary's this little, little errand boy. boy. Is
4: a snitch.
0: No. So as you look into this, you find out that the more senior O'Reilly here. Happens to be Jack's older brother.
3: Oh, uh, OK. And OK, O'Reilly was the name.
0: Mm-hmm. And he is currently working at the Crocodile Tears.
3: Okay. Cheers, brother. <laughs> and works at the Crocodile Tears. All right.
0: Okay. I think I covered everything. But is there anything else that you were wanting to look into?
3: Was there anything. Cr- okay, wait. Fabiano. Or Fa- Fabiana. Not Fabiano. Fabiana uh, is not the Don's daughter. Or is the Don's daughter. No. Lily's the Don's daughter.
0: Y- yeah, Lily's, Lily's the, the Don's daughter.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Was there anywhere when I was looking into the. Uh... I'm going to screw up their name again. not no the Don's name.
0: Uh oh, just Don Broussard.
3: <laughs> Broussard. Okay. So the while looking into the Brissard family, was there anywhere where Lily's name come up?
0: Oh, of course. So, as you were looking, as you researched the Broussard family, Lily's name does pop up a little bit. You also see that in some of the newspaper articles, especially around the funeral services for uh, Mary Lily's there pictured with her father grieving the loss of her mother. Haha. Uh-huh. And so, you know, kind of show a force of the family. But more surprisingly for Lily, she is getting a lot of recognition, just not in the way that you think she is. Okay. In fact, the further you look into Lily, she goes by. She goes by a different name, another alias, if you will.
3: Okay, and that
0: is she is known as the Black Rose, the Black Rose, mm -hmm, which is a kind of a pen name, so you will, of a very famous novelist who uses that pseudonym and is Ra is a bestseller of these kind of uh, crime novels. Lovely. Mm hmm. But yeah, so in your investigation, you have unmasked who the Black Rose really is.
3: Nice don't really care about it nor do I know what I'm going to do with that little tidbit <laughs> but I got it <laughs> but
0: yes there is one other thing that you end up finding as you come to the conclusion of this little investigation uh-huh bordeaux has been tied to a few other prominent women in new orleans And, somehow, these prominent women have, eh, how do we put this nicely?
3: They come from uh, old money, but ill-gotten money?
0: Well, there's that. But unfortunately, it seems that their life expectancy has been cut short prematurely.
2: Oh! They, uh, disappeared.
0: Some of them disappeared, some of them were found floating in the river. And eerily all had strange markings on their backs.
3: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: But yeah, other than that, that's all the information you're able to find.
3: All right. I'll take
2: that. (laughs) Oh, that's that's all the information he got.
0: (laughs) Listen, when you have a police connection like that, they're bound, they're going to have more info. But you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't anticipating him to roll so well, but because he did, I had to give him what, you know, he earned it with the dice roll. (laughs) This man has dues. (laughs)
3: It also I helped you, right? that I had, like, <laughs> I had very specific information that I wanted to look into.
2: Right, and I was just going for general information. Yeah. I still hate you.
3: <laughs> Dude, there's, there's benefits to playing a police detective versus a private eye. A private eye can get into some sketchy situations and come out clean. A police detective is like, I have to keep things above table, but it does grant me access to other stuff that you do not.
2: In the meantime, your best friend Private Eye has the gun on the guy's back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We love as to see. As it. Di- as long as I didn't see it, it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Hey,
2: Hank, why don't you go out and have a
3: smoke? <laughs> Man, this louder. This lighter is really loud. It's a sudden clap and then a thud. That was weird. <laughs>
0: Uh, we love to see it. Alrighty, Hank. So you conclude this investigation. You put all the files back, and you find Chief Oxford's key and return it to him. Uh huh. So, what are you gonna do now?
3: now I think it's should call Barry. <laughs> I would like to call. Actually, I would like to call. Uh, Mr. Remington first and let him know this information and then then call Gary.
2: Well, he referred to me
0: as Mr. Remington.
3: I did. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: we will say that, Hank, you do yeah, that, you way relay way. all this information to Chris, and then you call Gary and let him know. What specifically do you... Well, let me ask this question. Do you mention the connection between Jack and his older brother too? gary
3: uh yes okay i'm gonna give i'm gonna give preacher my shorthand version of everyone, all the info you told me mm-hmm yeah shorthand please
0: <laughs> all right so you make your you make the calls hank and all that good stuff so now we're gonna to cut to you, Gary. So, you just get off you just got off the phone with Hank. He told you about Jack and his older brother. So, what are you currently doing at this moment?
1: Um basically what I'm doing right now is I'm having a staff meeting um with my crew of informants. Um, I'm having, you know, like, okay. Okay, guys. This is what we want to look for. Keep an eye out. Do the bum routine. See if you can get some things in your shot. If you get ran off, you get ran off. Don't go back. Swap out for the next person, okay? Okay. And then the phone goes off for uh, for Tanner, uh, to, t- uh, for Hank, Hank. telling, mm-hmm. telling Gary, uh, what he learned about little Jackie Pooh. Ah, hey, runt, come here. So
0: Jack kind of. Rises from the bar stool, which is way too high for him, given that he is a kid. Walks over the <laughs> damn Yeah, so he hops off. He's like, oh, y- you wanted to talk to me, uh, Gary?
3: So what you're going to do, kid, is you're going to surprise your brother with a present. You're going to hold on to it really tightly. Hands him a grenade.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> he is a he, you leave my 12 year old NPC alone.
3: I would never. I had to do some kind of fucked up joke there. I'm sorry. I would have <laughs> I was right there I was
1: going to say something but you beat me to the hand grenade uh, hand grenade Anywho, moving forward I was going to say, was, alright kid spill the beans, tell me everything about your brother, everything you know right now I know he works at the tears. give me your info So this going to mean- be kind of a uh, intimidate.
0: Okay. Roll me the intimidate,
1: I guess. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it, it obviously, I don't know if he's going to give me the information willingly, so I kind of have to, you know, coerce it out of him. Um. So it's probably going to be ad D4.
2: And that
0: is a two. So, just as a disclaimer, you do also have a Benny if you wish to re-roll, oh, but right. you, but you must use the new roll, whether it's uh, higher, or lower, or the same.
1: That's a four.
0: Okay, roll again. That's a three. Okay. And you and have that's this. A
1: seven.
0: So that's a seven, and you have this skill, right? No. OK, so seven minus two, that still gives you a five, which is enough. <laughs> OK. So just for the purposes of. How I want to RP this. What is Gary's approach and demeanor as he courses this information out of Jack?
1: So he. Obviously, Gary's going to be tall. and He's looking down. He's like, all right, spill the beans. Tell me everything you need and everything you know about your brother, about what he does at the tiers, and every single little detail. Or else else are you going back on the streets without my help? So he's kind of gruff, but he wants to hear. You know, he's a blunt and to the, uh, uh, to the point. Um... Because I do have a hindrance of loyalty. I wouldn't really put him out in the street. I'm not really hoping he's going to be truthful. He's going to work with me. He has bad blood or something like that. He's going to tell me things. I'm hoping. Okay. So.
0: Jack goes quiet a little bit. And he kind of looks at his feet and after a bit of a moment, he looks back up at you, Gary. His eyes beginning to well up just a tiny bit of tears. And says, Are, are you going to hurt him?
1: If he gets in the way of what's going on, maybe. I can't promise he's going to stay safe, Okay. You know, I have nothing but admiration for you, little guy. You're a good person. You work really hard for me. You're very valued here. Remember that. I need to know everything. Because if I can avoid it, I will. But it does depend on what he does.
0: He just begins to start ugly crying. (laughs)
1: enough of the waterworks child you know that doesn't work on me I will treat you fine and I will do everything I can not to completely murderize or hurt your brother if he doesn't do anything to get in the way
0: so he wipes his tears away And he tells you. I don't know all the specifics, but my brother works. What's it called? At the Crocodile Tears as some sort of. Person who runs card games, what's what was the term that he told me?
1: He's a dealer.
0: Yes, he deals cards to people who come and play his games. My brother says he. Runs games for people like he runs games for me. Which, you know, I think is cool. I, I like playing games. And he is just, he just, he just runs games and that's all I know.
1: Oh, okay, kid. So all you know is he does, he deals cards. And that's it. Correct.
0: Yeah, that's what he tells me, for what he, he does.
1: He bring home anything odd or special. Things he can't. He tells you not to touch or mess with. That you probably sneak off and steal later. I don't know if this counts as
0: strange but I did take I did look at his notebook one time
1: notebooks are very important was it his accounting books or was it like a journal
0: Uh, it was more of a journal I guess I mean it was just talking about I mean, I was told not to read it, but I did. Anyways, I got mad at him one time, but I read Boy, it in yeah. and, and. I mean, some of the pages just talked about his job and then some of it talked about me and him and, you know, he's trying to do his best since, you know, it's just me and him now. Um. He mentioned something called Bloody Monday in there. I don't know what that is, but. He says that since that day, I he needed to watch out for me, so. There's that. He does mention someone by the name of Frank Bordeaux. I don't know who that is. Hmm. I know
1: and who f- that is continue.
0: And then the only other thing in there that kind of scared me a little bit was my brother drew pictures in his notebook.
1: Okay. I don't want really want to ask this question because that, that spooks me a little bit. What type of pictures?
0: Oh. And Jack kind of opens up his satchel. I kind of took copies of them i traced them um i don't know what they mean but uh here you go
1: thank you jack here's what i'm gonna have you do i have you go upstairs to the house you're gonna hang out there for the rest of the night take the night off you can go hang out there that way you're safe i know where you are i don't have to worry about you all right Okay,
0: um, you won't tell my brother that I looked at his notebook, will you?
1: No, I will not snitch on you to your brother.
0: Uh, okay, Mr. Gary, um, okay, uh, I'll do as you ask. So I'll, I'll go to where you want. And he kind of just tips his hat and, um, alongside Harry the Bouncer, as we have dubbed him. Harry, kind of, at your discretion, escorts Jack to uh, the safe space.
1: Good, good. Okay. Now, the rest of you mooks, you know what to do. Someone get one of my cousins up here. Probably Yeri. Yeri's always good with kids. Have him go hang out with Jack. And, uh... We'll go deal with this. I'm gonna look over these papers, and I'll I'm gonna figure out what our next pl- point of action is. So let's talk about the papers, so that way my voice can rest. Um, <laughs> you like that transition, did you? Uh. So yeah, what's up with what's on the papers? Can we uh let's let see or describe, please?
0: So what Jack handed to you were a couple of drawings, as well as little kind of captions written on the side of it. So, so, you know, surprisingly, these pictures are in actually quite nice detail, given that they were only sketched in pencil.
1: Oh, my God, this kid could be an artist. <laughs>
0: uh, so I'll maybe I'll.
1: <laughs> Say what? <witness. laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Man, you beat me to the punch again, but uh, uh, maybe I'll get Perry to go up there. He's not great with platypuses, but you know, he has some heart.
0: Gosh dang it. Be like, this kid's an artist, draw me like one of your French girls. (laughs) Uh, But no, so some of these sketches, you know, are quite detailed. Some of them are just like undisclosed patrons gambling. Others are pictures of Jack kind of sleeping in his bed. You know, just normal stuff. But then things get a little weird. These drawings tend to grow darker in nature in the sense that it seems that a lot of these more recent sketches are kind of from the point of view of Jack's brother kind of witnessing some things that maybe he shouldn't have. So... In one particular scene, and once again, this is a little bit of a trigger warning for those of you listening, it is a sketch depicting kind of from the viewpoint of someone looking through a door, kind of through the crack of it, that the door is opened a little bit. And from the other side of the sketch in the doorway, you just see a figure of eerily similar to Fabiana, kind of on the floor with another figure, which strikingly looks like Frank, kind of in a position of that. He's yelling at her about something. And Fabiana's kind of holding her dress as it's ripped on the floor. And on the sides of the notes, you just see scribblings of Mr. Bordeaux arguing with Fabiana again, this time things got out of hand. We'll continue to monitor for a little bit. And then some other sketches show kind of similar of Mr. Bordeaux not necessarily being the kindest to Fabiana. One illustration pictures him, what looks to be cigarette, a lit cigarette being pushed into Fabiana's back. Uh, kind of another one illustrates him raising his hand above her. So these illustrations aren't necessarily the prettiest things and in fact, Gary, as you continue to look at them, the more and more that you see, the more disgusted that you grow with your attitude towards Frank.
1: I mean, I already hated the guy, but... (laughs) This doesn't help.
0: All right. There is one other thing though.
1: Oh, please continue.
0: So, other than these illustrations, you also know see illustrations of what seemed to be Frank somewhat meeting with some individuals. These individuals are wearing more kind of traditional white linen, you know, kind of wear wearing vests. Big kind of beaded necklace wrapped around their necks. And it's not to tell that these individuals are involved with the you do of the hoodoo of the voodoo. So it seems that Frank has some business with the black hand.
1: There we go. That's definite. Hopefully. From the way this is being talked about, it sounds as almost as if Jack's brother's a plant. Hold on. Let me make a phone call and hope he's either awake enough or still at his office. I grab the phone, put it in my ear, dial Hank. Come on, Hank.
3: Pick up. kind of like rubbing my eyes and grab the pump detective Skinner's office how can I help you
1: you're sleeping in the office again aren't you maybe I have some very important things to give to you I'm sending someone over in a little bit look at it very closely
3: I'll put my nose to it when it gets here yeah, just don't
1: drool. You tend to drool when you fall asleep. No, I don't. Really? And that's not drool coming down your chin right about now? Where are you? I'm at my office, Dummy. Let me
3: spoop for a second. Ah, <laughs>
1: uh, I love playing those jokes on you. I just know you're so well, Hanky Pooh. Alright. I'm sending someone over with this. It's gonna be sealed. You're gonna to wanna to look at it. It's very important. Mm. Alright. Bye-bye now. Clunk. Hey! Clunk. Carrie! I'm Clunk. over here! Carrie, my cousin, who is one of my couriers. Get this over to Hank right now. (laughs) Be quick about it. Like, before he falls back asleep again. Oh, and take him some coffee.
0: Okay. So, Carrie... Oh, God, these names. Carrie does that for you. So... We're going to cut back to Chris. So Chris, you are currently in your office at your desk, kind of still now that you've had your little discussion with Mr. Bordeaux, kind of just tidying up a little bit. Where not even a knock, the door just kind of opens. And in the doorway, you see a kind of average built gentleman. Wearing a nice kind of lavishly purpled uh, vest, kind of designed in gold trimmings. He's wearing black pants and he has a nice little bowler hat. Uh, African-American gentleman. Uh, He has a cane as he walks in. Is this the office of Mr. Remington?
2: Okay, I want to put this out there that this was before I saw who it was because somebody just barged into my office I have my 45 on my lap pointing towards the door oh sorry sir yes it is uh, usually people knock before they enter my office but I'll let it slide at the time sir please come on in
0: takes off his hat Uh, my apologies uh...
2: I just kind of Set my forty five in a drawer on my in my desk. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh
0: most certainly. Do you mind if I have a seat? Okay, we're back. Of <coughs>
2: uh, course, cool, sir, please. Come on in, have a seat. Make yourself comfortable, sir.
0: <laughs> Thank you kindly. And this gentleman... Guess, kind of,
2: you you did... You startled me. Today's been a rather long and active morning.
0: Yes, uh... Apologies, I... I don't want to take up too much of your time, Mr. Remington, but, uh... I need to pass on a message to you.
2: Uh, from whom, sir?
0: and from underneath his shirt this gentleman kind of pulls out a giant beaded necklace and at the very base of said necklace is a picture of a kind of like a the palm of the hand facing forward with a singular eye in the middle of it <laughs> uh I'm here to warn you, uh, Mr. Remington. You have caught the interests of the Black Hand, and you need to be careful.
2: I just kind of <coughs> laying on my desk. Your message is received. Uh, I just look at him.
0: Don't get me wrong, I don't associate with the Black Hand. They give us voodoo practices a bad name out here.
2: So you're not with that lot?
0: I am not. I represent a different faction, one that's trying to bridge the peace between the common folk and us practitioners of the voodoo.
2: I kind of lean back against my chair. I understand what you're, what you're saying here, sir. Now, may I inquire to the name of this uh, practicing group? I guess you could say. I don't wish to say a derogatory term, considering you. How'd you put it? Uh, trying to piece things together.
0: Before this gentleman gets a chance to say anything, another voice from your doorway kind of speaks up. I Baptiste, you take way too long with this stuff. Let's just get this done and over with. And another gentleman walks into your office, Chris. Very eerily similar. He's got ginger red hair, freckles. Uh kind of wearing a brown vest. Newsboys paper cap, kind of wearing on. (sighs) The name's O'Reilly. And I am here to represent the Queen's Gambit. It seems you and your little friends are about to stumble upon something that is a little bit bigger than you can handle. And as he walks closer to your desk, Chris, This gentleman pulls out of his pocket a folded piece of paper and kind of just slides it to you and says, I think when you open this, you'll understand the severity of the situation.
2: I appreciate the full warning, gentlemen. So... There anything else you wish to discuss?
0: Hmm. I suggest you open that little note of yours, of mine first, and then we'll get to talking.
2: Kind of look at the note and I just kind of casually or cautiously open up the note.
0: Okay. So as you open this note, Chris, I need you to roll me a spirit roll, please.
2: A spirit roll?
0: Yep. So it's one of your attributes. It's not an actual skill. It's one of the main core attributes. I need you to roll spirit for me, please.
2: Okay, And if I can find all of my stuff again. I don't know where it went. Oh, there's spirit. That is a d6. Be gentle. Damn it to hell.
0: It was a one. Okay, so you have a Benny, but unfortunately, in Deadlands, if you roll a one, that is a critical failure and Bennies cannot be used to re-roll.
2: Yeah, I know this. I I learn about Bennies after I start failing. (laughs) By the way, how many Bennies do I have? So I can write that down in my notes.
0: Well, everyone starts off with one, and then kind of like inspiration in D&D, if things are awesome, I, as Marshall, can reward bennies. but everyone starts off with one. Hmm. So, one per session, I should say.
2: Okay, so, uh, so I still only have one Benny?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But unfortunately, because you rolled a one, this is a critical failure, so...
2: I'm beginning to be a professional at critical fails.
0: <laughs> but hey, like I said, failures are really important just as much as the successes because they add depth and dynamics to the story which is about to happen right now. Chris, as you open this le- as you open this note, you kind of take the note in your hands and you open it up. And as you open it up, a kind of Marigold kind of color powder disperses all into your face as you open up the note. And as you kind of brush it off, you begin to see. Remember those nightmares that have been haunting your dreams the last couple of months?
2: Oh, no, I'm having both an acid trip and a night terror at the same time, ain't I?
0: Mm hmm. And as you're experiencing this night terror in front of you, you see no longer this O'Reilly and Baptiste, but in front of you, you see a horde of these grotesque kind of gray, pale gray and bluish green kind of skinned humanoid creatures. All of them are women. And as you are taking in this sight, they all kind of lumber towards you and they kind of start grabbing you all over the place, Chris. And as you succumb to the weight of this night terror, all these female voices in unison over and over and over say the same thing. Free us. Free us. Free us from Bordeaux's control.
2: Somebody toss me a holy hand grenade, please.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> and that is where we're going to end tonight's session. Ah! Ah! <laughs> uh. Well, gentlemen, what did we think? <laughs> Y'all are in some deep shit now. I take my forty-five, place it to my temple, and. No! 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 We cannot advocate for that on this channel. Do not get me canceled.
3: I thought he was gonna be like, so I take my forty-five and I start blasting. <laughs>
2: he went blasting.
3: It's like no! Oh
0: my goodness! What's that look,
3: bro? Was that I mean, one of those like real big ass food truck burritos? I mean, essentially, kind
0: of, yeah. Not from <laughs> a food truck, from a local restaurant, but that's besides the point. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking Tanner, and you're 17.
2: <laughs>
3: and here
1: I am rolling ones.
3: Hey, but. I'm- it happens, though. Now, listen, these critical failures, though, Mikey's right. It brings so much more depth to a story like, just as much as a critical success does. And here's why. Because no one likes a story where the good guys Everybody win all the time, and that's all that ever happens. Because, you know, bad guys can't ever win. Sometimes the good guys have to accept loss, and that's what makes a more compelling story, a much more believable story. Not everybody's going to be on their A-game
2: 24-7. I mean, I, I know, I know. but Just, just you know, why me? <laughs>
3: It happens, man, dude. Because. In the um... <laughs> Penis. No, <laughs> I mean in the, poor um... Chris
2: back in the day practically literally got blown out of the water, and now he's dealing with all this. Come on, give the guy a break. <laughs> it, it'll come. It'll come.
1: It'll come. It'll he come. got blown out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I oh,
2: mean, no, the he in... was on did get blown up. So.
3: I mean, it's still funny. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> there's been times. There's been times in um in the Friday campaign. Uh, my D&D campaign that I stream with Brandon, or that Brandon streams with me, rather, um, <clears throat> we're like I critically—I critically failed the perception check, and I'm the fucking ranger. Oh lord! Like, Again, yeah. I mean, no... our first session
1: together mm-hmm. was a massive critical failure. That's why we're uh-huh. friends. Yeah, uh, I almost huh. castrated you.
3: It's it a was great, a great time,
1: and you killed me.
3: <laughs> it was <laughs> you
0: killed. Me. It was it was a great time. But yes, so to You're all of okay. our listeners out there, thank you once again for joining us for another episode of Red Harvest, a Deadlands Noir actual play podcast. What is going to happen to our lovely characters? Now that they have stepped into the world of the you do, who do, voodoo. And potentially some supernatural spoopinesses afoot. <laughs> You're going to have to tune in next time to see how this all plays out. But once again, this is your Marshall Mikey signing off for the evening. And remember, Internet land, love each other. Take care of one another. And as always here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, let the good times roll. See you next time.